I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. everyone welcome to Wari Desho's stream of four and today we are covering episode 18 of banana fish islands in the stream which i initially misread as island in the sun the weezer song that would have been pretty good but never mind anyway as always i am shaded and joining me as usual is my stalwart companion the subtle doctor i was just about to open my beer but i think that was the worst time I'm just gonna have to pause now. Like I've got the ball top half off, but say that at the end of that sentence is is the worst thing. Oh fuck! Yeah, um, <laughs> that line, fucking line. Mm. Mm. I've been muted the whole time. Great, our intro has been ruined. Lovely. What oh is- well. <laughs> We're, we're catering I, to the lip readers, Doc. We're catering to the people who lip read. It, we've done it before. We'll keep doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's always been uh, it's it's always been it's you, and now I have also aired. So my my bad is infectious. What can I say? <laughs> we're just, we're terrible. We're such amateurs. Anyway, uh, like <laughs> I was trying to say, uh. Hello, let us know if the stream is working and you can hear us. Well, they did, to be fair. So Going forward <laughs> from here, let us know. Also, I, uh, uh, yeah, Tallulah, that was my, that was my bad. Uh, I, um, I said a funny line and, uh, well, now the moment's ruined. We'll never get it back, so. Oh, no, we will, because we're going to talk about it when we get into the opening of the episode. The, uh, most sagely impressive bit of advice uh, ever given in, uh, Banana Fish. Uh, what was it, General 
Colonel Colonel Holstock. Colonel Holstock. Colonel the... Holstock. Like, if he had not been in that car, he probably would have survived the entirety of Banana Fish. I'm just putting that out there now because he knew. He's a he wise man. Knew. <laughs> he knew. Yeah, he knows. Like, Keeping it in your I pants mean, is a good way to survive, right? Yeah, I mean, he's the only guy in this show who has a padlock on his zipper. So there you go. Anyway, uh, so yes, we're going to talk today about episode 18, Islands in the Stream, which I also think is like the first, one of the first times I recall that they've actually put the fucking book in the show proper. Yes, yes. I mean, it's just there, you know. I don't, I wonder if the book cover actually looks like that. Uh, (laughs) You know, I've not done an Amazon search for it and I've not read this book. Uh, as I said, my knowledge of Hemingway is uh, fairly limited to like a couple of books, to Old Man in the Sea and A Farewell to Arms. Um, a lot of these like uh, episode uh, titles, uh, uh, I don't uh, even know. I was going to say, I don't think we've had A Farewell to Arms yet, but Ten, yet. Quid says that, Ten Quid says that's the final episode. Ten mm. Quid, final episode, Farewell to Arms. You don't think it'll be Old Man in the Sea? <laughs> well, I mean, I maybe, guess our maybe, men... Maybe that's before. Our men are not very old, but... uh, Snows of Kilimanjaro, yeah. uh, Right. That one I actually had heard of. Yeah, the actual book in the show. That's the first time it's happened. Well, thank you, by the way, McGlorian, for saying so. Uh, We really enjoyed uh, recording that Angel's Egg show with uh, the fine folks of Anime's Lit, our our dearest podcast buddies. Yeah, shout-outs to you guys. I'll drink to you guys. Yep, same. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not I just uh, realized they, they may be consuming been... oh sorry go ahead I just realized I've probably been drinking beer pretty much every time we've been doing this so people probably think yep. I'm a closet alcoholic uh, which I mean, is I not do. true I'm just I'm just an overt alcoholic there's nothing closet about it oh uh, well just there we go. uh shit I forgot what I was going to say oh yeah uh, Danny and Kay are not well, I know they're not watching or listening right now because uh, I think they're gonna go back and binge Banana Fish later when they feel up to it. I think uh, I, I think it might be a little much for them right now on a week to week basis, mm-hmm. but if I understand correctly. So, so islands in the stream. Uh, islands in the stream. Do we? Right. Do we want to? Should we talk about the polls first from last week? Twitter poll. Let's talk talk Twitter here. Um, I'm scrolling to find it. Didn't take long. Um, ooh, a couple polls still have a few minutes left. Uh, ooh, get those, get them in, get them in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, um, the first poll for episode 17, The Killers, are we A, human, or B, dancer? Mm-hmm. Uh, 79% say dancer. So no I, surprises there. No surprises at all. Uh, I agree. Uh, 20 minutes left to vote in this poll. Uh, are all existent humans horny for Ash Links? Yeah. Duh yeah. or probably. And it's 50-50. Vote now if you'd like to like influence the outcome. Uh, yeah, which is basically in the affirmatory regardless. <laughs> <laughs> it's not rigged stop it this is true science uh twitter.com slash watery dish show uh is the ad- 
Sorry. I forgot about this poll. There's still an hour left. Uh -oh. An hour left to vote in it. <laughs> oh, this piece of technology has become just instant comedy for me for some reason. <laughs> it's the addition of PowerPoint, the best addition to the Banana Fish anime adaptation. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. The choices are yes, Starwipe, and no, no Prezi. 88% uh, say yes. Oh, dear. All right. So, yes, uh, thank you everyone for taking part in those polls. Um, without further ado, I suppose we should actually discuss the episode. And, well, the cold open on this one is uh, is brief, but it's very sagely, uh, because this is where uh, the colonel uh, finds out that uh, Senator Kippard is now, well, dead. He's, you know, ripped in peace. He, he gone. He gone. Uh, so he's telling his nameless driver associate, who I presume only has two days left to retire and given what happens next, uh, he is saying mm -hmm. to him, right, you, keep it in your loins. And I'm like, man, no wonder he's a, no wonder he's a fucking, you know, colonel in the U.S. Army. He knows. Self-discipline. He, <laughs> he Like, honestly, I'm surprised that one of his men, like, if he was sending them after Ash, they would probably have chastity belts on, you know, steel padlock shackles, you name it. You're not, just, this is not taking the pants off because, I mean, the fire pole's proven anything as well as the actual show itself is mm -hmm. that, like, doesn't matter what way you you know what way you swing. Nope. You'll go after Ash and then you'll He's die for it. Just a, a breathing aphrodisiac in human form. It just yeah. doesn't matter what you thought uh, about your sexuality beforehand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Every, everyone's Ash sexual. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, you you said uh, that the the driver was two weeks away from retirement. Yeah, what, two days away. Wasn't that the case from, of the first person that died in Elfin Lane? All of them are. Everyone is two days away from retirement. Because <laughs> he's like, you know, he looks like he's got a good life ahead of him. He seems reasonable. And he's been given good advice. It's just unfortunately not very helpful in this situation. Like, but isn't it textual? Don't they say, like, you know... That she was like a week away from retirement or something crazy like that. It's been a long time since we watched it, but I'm thinking. I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, you're right. Shit. For some reason, I remember that. I thought that was a joke I made, but that's actually something. I think it might said. be textual. <laughs> it's the fucking Simpsons gag. Oh my god. Right. Okay. Uh, impromptu Elton Lee reminiscence aside, which is sort of like having post-Vietnam flashbacks, I suppose. What if we did? What if we did an Elton Lee revisited podcast? <laughs> the three-year anniversary. <laughs> oh, it'd be fucking okay. brutal, dude. About okay, okay. two okay. episodes in, I'd be like, "Why did we do this?" <laughs> I. No. Just just no. No. Once was enough. Once was enough to see, you know, the fucking dog reappear without explanation. That was it. it was one oh. I'm tempted fuck. to put up a poll. No no <laughs> People will vote yes for it. They will make us watch that fucking turgid piece of Right. People like to <laughs> like to see us suffer. Yes. I don't I don't want to do it either. I mean, do you recall the last time that when we put Paul about should we watch more stupid shit? Oh yeah, it was when we were watching Franks and people said we should keep at it. We had to sit through the other twelve episodes. 
Forgalia thought... will materialize and rig the poll. <laughs> oh, I wish she was doing these weekly streams. You guys would love Forgalia. We're gonna have yeah, to try Vorgalia to get her awesome. to try to get her to be yeah. part of these streams somehow. Oh, bloody hell! We we need to watch. Well, last thing, like we've got the established Star Trek rules now, where we did a good one, which was Embo, then a terrible one which was Frank's, and they were doing a good one again, which is Bernard Fish. Mm-hmm. So when we do the next one, Stream of Four, Season 4, it needs to be something truly awful. It won't be hard if we just select from currently airing shows. I feel like we could just yeah. pick one out of a bag or based yeah. on the title and, and hit. Uh... Oh, man. I'm so I'm so glad we dodged the bullet that is doing Stream of Four on something like Goblin Slayer. Fuck that noise. <sighs> Ooh. God. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh... Banana Fish, episode 18, Islands in the Stream, yeah. Colonel yeah. Holstock. <laughs> Colonel Holstock dies in a car accident because of it. I think it was his, it was his, it was his uh, driver getting shot in the head. Uh, unfortunately, they happen to be driving alongside, you know, a fully fueled, you know, uh, gas tanker, which, of course, explodes. Which I did find funny because that's, I mean, Banana Fish was an 80s thing, and that is the most 80s thing ever in an action movie where it just fucking blows up. I mean, I'd have laughed if it on the cutaway where it, where it explodes. Instead, of that it was just uh, bang. It just like it just it just crashed into it like mildly. And you got to see like the "How's my driving" sign. <laughs> um, to, to answer your to answer your question, Mirror. To answer your question, Mirror. Um, because Frank's was so apocalyptically shit, it was so bad. Don't let uh, the it... don't let the right wing Twitter people fool you. Frank's was. Really bad. <laughs> it, oh, it was a fucking skid mark, honestly. Like there uh, were anyway. good, there were good moments. I mean, if you go back and listen to those, which you probably won't, uh, but uh, there, there were some, some, a couple of high water marks. Uh, you know, where I gave a couple episodes very high ratings, uh, but it just most didn't... of the ones made by Noriko Takawa, if I remember her name. Yes, uh, she was excellent. She did a really good job, but it, yeah, just didn't deliver on anything it promised. Yeah. She was literally the only person in that entire studio who could polish the turd that was selling in the Franks. There you go. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Mira, uh, basically because it was that bad, I insisted that we do something that was good. Now, obviously you don't necessarily know what's going to be good or not in advance of the season. That's the risk. It's always a gamble doing stream of four. Mm-hmm. But Banana Fish was something I've been hearing about on the periphery of my Twitter feed for a while, even before it actually released. And the buzz around it was very positive. So I thought, okay, these are people I trust. So if they like the original material, the anime in theory should be good. Mm -hmm. It's not original material, it's a known quantity. Yeah. And for the most part, that has held true wonderfully. This show has been brilliant. I mean, sure, I've come down on it a couple of times, and unfortunately I will do so later. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, (laughs) um, But for the most part, Banana Fish has been an absolute sort of force. I would argue. I mean, it's uh, it's lowest ebb is um is still quite high for an average. This is show. true. This is true. Um, and all of its flaws are not ones that are complete flaws. Like they're not. I can't say this is all bad. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's kind of like it's kind of like a Jenga thing, like you know where it all plays together, and if you pull some, you know, pull one out, it might collapse. So it's not as simple as just simply saying this is bad and should be removed. It's more complicated. Uh, but anyway, are you like follow? Are you stalking me? By the way, <laughs> I just, I, I just, well, yes. Yeah, so I just purchased Jenga. 
recently nice. for for my children and I. We've played many games, and uh, it's it's very uh, beloved in our house. Uh, we we do mm-hmm. enjoy the kids enjoy me, like I I really ham it up, uh, and very like lay on the melodrama very thick, and like when they'll be like reaching for a piece. And I'll like lean right up to their ear and be like, don't mess up. Don't mess up. It's going to fall. Watch out. And like the other one, they just get a kick out of it. And it's, uh, I always knock it over though. Dad of the year, folks. I'm bad. Dad of the fucking, yeah. dad of the fucking year. Oh, that's so sweet though. That's cool. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, speaking of slice of life stuff, let's move on to what happens after the credits. Well, there's a save for you. Uh, because we get basically what is uh, what, would, what would be if AG and Ash starred in the Friends equivalent sitcom. Because <laughs> that's really what it is. That's really what it is. You've got Bedhead Ash after, you know, all the shit that happened, uh, you know, in the hotel with Kippard. And he's like, I'm not waking up. And AG's trying to get him up. For some reason, by the way, during this scene, uh, both of them are wearing uh, shirts that have what look like Furbies on the back. They are, aren't they? Or is it possibly a reference to the Gremlins thing that they say? Oh, maybe so. Like, maybe, maybe it like, is Gizmo. Like, guys, <laughs> like, um, people in the chat, if you can, like, illuminate what earth that thing was on, like, AZ's shirt, uh, please let me know. I would be very curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, much hilarity ensues, including, you know, the unfortunately missed opportunity of AG, you know, reading the newspaper, smoking a pipe, you know, wearing a, you know, missed jumper. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, you know, Honestly, this whole scene, it was great. I really enjoy these interactions between these two. Mm-hmm. But all I could keep thinking was there's not enough studio laugh tracks in here. Yeah. There really isn't. He re- <laughs> AG really would make a good partner for someone. So thoughtful. Oh, uh, well, I, well, well, for someone, you know exactly who we're a- thinking of. Well, yes. Um... <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it is Furbies. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's pretty rough, but but it's very endearing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did enjoy him getting thrown in the shower and also not remembering he's the person that ate the salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, avocado as well in that salad. I mean, you know those goddamn millennials. <laughs> yeah, we were both thinking the same thing. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, Ash reading the newspaper, um, the most boring, you know, uneventful newspaper yeah. ever. Yeah, which is. Like, I appreciate them not doing the Laura Mipson thing, but I just couldn't help but chuckle at I'm looking for a dog. Ah! Like, this is the Wall Street Journal, if I remember correctly. It's not like a random paper. It's a big, like, fucking deal. And the most we've got is like, can I have a dog, please? I'm like, this is 2012. Put something on Facebook. It's changed you know? since the 80s. <laughs> this is still the 80s depiction of the paper. <laughs> God, I wish the news was that plain and boring, no, to be quite honest. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> ah, yeah, fair this enough. was all this was all very lovely. I I wanted um, some like nice royalty free acoustic guitar music kind of playing in the background, and like you said, I laugh you... tracks. See, should go away with the Seinfeld bassline. But down, it would be great. Um, Shrimp and anyway. avocado should still be popular now because it's delicious. This is true. It's a it's um, a delicious fajita choice in my opinion mm. what happened so, to the dog wait 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 wait, wait. 
We mentioned Elf Elite before. Do you reckon the ad was from Mayu or whatever her name was? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> yes. Had to be. Had it to be all her. Makes sense. <laughs> all makes sense. They're a connected universe. Mm-hmm. That's the right. anime cinematic universe. There you go. The Waroi Desho extended universe of bullshit. Oh, we need to look up that thing from Valgelligan where we basically link together every single show we'd ever watched. That was such it such was... funny. <laughs> Much laughter. Uh, okay. Uh, so Max and eBay arrive, and when they arrived, I really wish there was like a studio. Woohoo! Like, you know, or like balls, perhaps. I don't know. That would have been well. Um, so eBay's like, I've been worried to death. I'm like, poor eBay. He, he's going to have no hair left by the end of this. Like, if he has kids of his own, he's never going to let them leave the house or even the same room that he's in. Because no. he's just traumatized from dealing with this experience of, like, AG going off and doing his thing. Uh, anyway, Max takes Ash aside, and they have a discussion in the cafe in which they also see on Expedition News Network that uh, Colonel Hallstock died in the crash. And Ash is like, hmm, wait a minute, Kipper died, Hallstock died... Mm, something suspect here. Yeah. If he had a beard, he'd be stroking it. Mm-hmm. What so, was the news channel? What was it called? Expedition? Uh, it's S- no, I said Exposition News Network, but it's actually oh. SNBC. What? Wait a minute. So what was the... It's di- That's different to the one that's been before. What was that? The... Was ab- that was Abs. The abs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. So this is uh, this is the, the alternate choice. Yeah. They, they live in a, a land of many cable options. Mm-hmm. What, what are we going to get next? Uh, Doc's News or something like that? <laughs> it would be Doc's News, yes. It really, really would. F-U-X. <laughs> That's None to be given. <laughs> there you no, go. Exactly. Uh, yep. Aye. Uh, okay. So, um... Serious parts. Ma- Max and Ash go to the abandoned building that was opposite the hotel where Kipper was assassinated. Because mm-hmm. um, Ash's already figured out where the bullet was shot from. And he's explained to Max, like, bro, we couldn't, who could have done this? And we find the fucking calling card. And, yeah. I mean... I'm going to look this up I right mean, now. I thought Blanca was, like, you know, already a bit film noirish, maybe. But this is just, like, he literally left the book behind as a memento, like, as a, well, as a warning more than anything, but yeah. I like to imagine that if he did still do assassinations or when he was doing them prior to going to the Caribbean, uh, that he just left books behind everywhere. Like, you know, if he, if he, if he, if he fucking, <laughs> right. like, you know, shot someone through a window, he'd leave behind how-to DIY for dummies. Just so people knew how to... <laughs> just as cryptic clues for everyone. <laughs> yeah, just, just to be, just to be polite. You know? Yeah. Um... But anyway, Blank has already figured out pretty much everything at this point. Uh, there's some discussion, by the way, between one a goon in the White House about the Foundation, how Golzin is now in charge of it. Mentions someone named Your Excellency. Right. Uh, we'll find out about that later. Okay, uh, I found on uh, your favorite website and mine, Amazon, uh, a book cover for Islands in the Stream. Does this look like the one that they were you that that uh, I posted it in the chat? I, I can't remember if it's exactly like that. That's the closest one I could find. That is that is actually very close. Come to think, of I, it. I feel like the author's name was across the top, though. Unlike this one, similar color though. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know if they like modeled it after the real book cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, uh, 
Blanker is indeed all over Ash at this point. He knows where the hideout is that they purchased much earlier. Um, he's actually been watching him through a camera, uh, which he passes to Golzine, who he's taken with him. Uh, Luke Young arrives, so we basically got like you know the Sinister Six piece up of this particular show, all the supervillains gathering together uh, for the plan. Uh, and the plan then gets underway because um, Ash, despite having seen someone be sniped, you know, from a window, decides, okay, I'll let AG be close to windows. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Here. Oh my god, he got shot in the arm! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Suddenly. So he he's only great. I think though. he didn't want him. Didn't he not want him near it though? I mean, he's standing right there, looking out because he feels like he's safe. But he didn't want AG mm. to come in the room. Is that? Did I read that wrong? That's he was what I already thought. there. Oh, okay. Anyway. I thought he um, just walked in and then got blasted as soon as he walked in, but... Mm-hmm. Or maybe got up or something like that. Anyway. It doesn't really matter. Anyway. So, so anyway, uh, while they're tending to Aegis wounds, he's only been grazed, so he's not in mm-hmm. dying straight. So if anything, that's intentional, I would argue, because it's a warning shot. Uh, Ash gets a phone call. Uh, Blanca says, hello, little kid. How have you been doing? And then we have some bands between two... You know, they're passing the phone around to uh, Luke Young. Everyone's taking the chance to just have a word, you know, word with him, say how he's doing. Um, and basically, Blanca's going to kill the fuck out of AG unless they go to, uh, you know, negotiations that nine, you know, nine tomorrow night, here, you know, warehouse eight, pier 12, 24 degrees, you know, mildly sunny, chance of rain, who the fuck knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Ash uh, at this point knows he's boned. Uh, we have a very brief flashback to when he was younger, which references where the book came from, because Blanca was reading it and in turn said to Ash, you read this when you're a little bit older. Um, and he's thinking like, mm-hmm. why after all this time? We get a really long conversation, which I really enjoy, between AG and oh Ash, in which, this was in which Ash uh, says, can I come to Japan? Which mm-hmm. I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen, but that's him. I'm, uh, I'm <clears throat> that's him putting I'm in his retirement notice, though. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. Yep. And what's going to happen uh, right is... before he retires? Yep. Uh, Ash, oh, uh, sorry, Ag also mentions that you know he's uh, there are various features of Japan, the more boring stuff like cars, but he also brings up the fact that there are eight million gods there, including the toilet one. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the toilet god was a thing. Uh, well, you know. They've got to ha- it must be for everything. We've got the, the how do you uh, how do you, how do you think that they came up with the design for the brawny man? It didn't just come out of nowhere. Mm, it's he's yeah, the toilet is... god. <laughs> yeah, this this is true. So I like how this has been developing with their relationship. By the way, in that for you know, I made jokes about Ag not going back to Japan, but they've kind of had different things going. On where yeah. Ash originally was like, "You're going." And fuck what you say, I want you out of the country. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, stay with me. And now he wants to come back. So we've actually had a quite interesting progression there mm-hmm. of Ash's thoughts on how close, uh, you know, his relationship age. Like, okay, no, you're staying with me, but no, you need to be back where you belong. And I reckon I would be best leaving this place, which well, I don't blame him, to be quite honest. I mean, he really has lost uh, everything, right? I mean, he, you know, his brother. Uh, his Dawson. his gang is in disarray. His shorter uh, other other people that you know cared about, like I feel like, have either mm-hmm. died or betrayed mm-hmm. him. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Max is there, but he's not going to stay in the country for Max. 
Uh, no. So, so yeah, I think uh, everything holding him down uh, would leave when AG leaves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that would make sense for him to go, I feel like, at least for a while. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're right, Bell. I got it wrong way around because that's something that happens later uh, with... Um... Ash specifically asking uh, eBay mm-hmm. to take Japan. But you're right, it's actually AG who's bringing up, which is... I still like where that progresses, though. And... It's a really, like, well-written conversation, I feel. Just just small things about it, like, in the beginning, mm-hmm. you kind of see Ash being really on edge because, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, uh, what would I even do? And AG's like, you could be a model. They would love you there. And he's like... um it's not as easy, you know, it's, it's much tougher than being in kids, uh, child pornography. And AG's like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm sorry. And Nash is like, oh, fuck, I didn't, what am I even talking about? Yeah. I didn't mean well, to say he's that. On it, he's on it, he's on edge. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, but he, yeah. It he's just already felt... possibly got an idea of what's going to happen next and what yep. it might mean for him now that Blank is back. It felt so realistic, yeah, him being yeah. snappy and dwelling on that darkness. But then he's just like, oh, no, 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 uh, tell, tell me more about Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slip of the tongue. Yeah, it was quite mm-hmm. good. Um, so the following day, AG wakes up. He has got a fever from the bullet. Um, I I didn't realize that could happen, but hey, fair enough. Um, and Ash is saying like, "Don't worry about it. Everything will be fine." And AG knows that he's lying. Tell that's how close they are now that he can realize that he's just that calm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not yep. got a great poker face. Uh, so he prays to God to look after Ash. I hope it's not the toilet God. Just saying. <laughs> no, he went straight to Kami, and he didn't. In, he didn't address indeed. the brawny man. Indeed. And then we cut to Ash arriving at the warehouse, and this is where, like, oh boy, whew, holy shit! <sighs> so here's here's the thing, right, about banana fish as a as a recent episode. They've been good, but I kind of still want to have that same reaction or that same feeling I had when I saw what happened with Shorter. Right. Which yeah. was, which was basically me saying that I'm a masochist because I love like emotionally... Hurt me. Hurt me and shows. Hurt, and hurtful, yeah. you know, material. Yeah. But that's because it drives a reaction from me, a genuine emotional reaction. So when Ash arrives, um, he's obviously you know, cornered by a number of goons with guns. Uh, we've got, you know, Luke Young, we've got Blanca, we've got Golzine, they're all there, you know, twirling their, you know, evil mustaches. Um, and Luke Young comes up to him and says, right, here's the deal. I'm going to give you this gun, and if you shoot yourself in the head, not a hair on Aegis' head will be harmed. You'll be safe. Simple as that. You know, just, it's as easy as that. And would you fucking believe it? It really is as simple as that. Because in a way that would be comedic if it was done in other contexts because of how quick it happens, Ash takes the gun. Now, the gun was empty. Because Luke think, miscalculated and believed, he didn't believe, because I think that's part of his character, actually, which I really appreciate his insights him as well. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe that people can be that close. This is related to what I said previously about how uh, Luke and uh, Ash are kind of similar people, but they have different perspectives. And Luke Young, like he, he doesn't feel that people can be connected in such a way. Why else is he using banana fish to control people? Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, but this, holy shit, this took my breath away. I'd, I have to give absolute credit here 
firstly to the direction of this because of how quickly it was edited and actioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you're translating from manga God. here, so I don't. The so I don't want to paddle. Yeah, so good. it was fucking phenomenal. I mean, I don't know what it looks like in the manga, admittedly, but I can imagine it was probably you know panel of gun in hand to panel of gun at head, click gone. That's how I can envision it anyway. And then it just cut to cut to like Dino's face. Dino looked genuinely sad, and and Blanca looked like deeply hurt and upset. And and Lung was so surprised and just taken aback. And Ag Mm -hmm. cuts back to him. It's like, hey, no bullet. Like, oh my god, no bullet. I was like, like, no bullets. The fuck you asking? No bullet. It happens so fast. That, but yeah, on it, on, I mean, yeah. I got up out of my seat, and it's the first time the show has made me do that in um, in a couple months since yeah. the, the very early bits. I mean, also, do you credit to Ash's voice acts here? Mm-hmm. When he says, I mean, it's a line that seems comical, but when he says so young, like, there aren't any bullets in this kit, give me some bullets, he says it in the plainest way, like, oh, well, there aren't any bullets there, can I have some bullets? He says it in the way as if he was ordering a fucking coffee at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So due credit to him as well for pulling off that with the so deadpan nature it de- deserves. It is so sad and Jesus. so fucking gangster. Like Tula Bell mentioned, like it's man. There's just a lot going on there. There's a lot, and there we, can, we can talk about it later. Oh my, my old boy. Uh, Luke Young himself reacts to it like, "Why? Why him? That was Why awesome. would you do this? Awesome. Yeah. Um, maybe you know, maybe Dark Side of the Moon might potentially do heel turn before this. This is over. I, I wonder. Hmm. I wonder. Could do. Um, could it'll be, do. but it will be a babyface turn. <laughs> the, quite the quite the, uh, the just as just a minor point of contention for me, wrestling fan, right? Because. Heel turn is a phrase, uh, genesis of which came from the pro wrestling business. When you when you a character would make a heel turn, it, it's not so much they're turning on their heel to be an about face; it's that they're becoming a heel, a bad guy character. Hmm. Um, so if he become if he makes a turn to the other side, it will be a face turn, a baby face, or he becoming a good guy. So hmm. just a clerical point that needed to be made. Now we can move on. Uh, fa- Brother. Thank you. Uh, thank you, the subtle wrestler. Ooh, thank yeah. you, Drake Island. Just subtle over here, very subtle, making the subtlest points. All mm. for those uneducated fans that don't know the business, yeah. Anyway, uh, now that we're gonna ex- we've exercised the spirit of Hulk Hogan, who appears to be possessing the body of my friend here, uh, speaking of subtlety, that was the Macho stories. Man. <laughs> this is uh, well, I stand by my statement. <laughs> oh yeah, um, don't you know the difference between me and that piece of garbage? No. Uh, anyway, back to the show. One thing I want to note, by the way, just on terms of subtlety, is that Luke Young is wearing an earring that's shaped like a crescent moon. And I'm like, I see what you did there. I see what you did. Um. So, well. In true Darth Vader fashion, you know, he's altering the deal. He's going to alter it further. Um, which is to say that simply it's going to be this. You're going to return every single file on Banana Fish. Dr. Dawson needs to come back as well. And you're going to be Dino's bitch again. 
And if you do that, AG lose. Well, hey, at least Dino's not saying he's going to draw and quarter him like before. You know, he's like, Arthur, cut all his limbs off and carterize them, but give me his body, (laughs) like, and I will kill him. At least, you know, it seems like it's sort of maybe more favorable terms. I don't really know if that's accurate, but maybe you'd want to be drawn and quartered instead of being, quote unquote, the lowest prostitute doing things that none of the others could bear, etc., etc., Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, I mean, I personally thought Ash probably could have got away with it. Okay, if it was laid like okay, banana fish files, fair. Dawson, one life versus another, but I think I would probably still argue in favor of Agee because I. But anyway, uh, but Ooh. the last bit that was a reminder um, of Golzi's nature and how he treats Ash, and it will be relevant when we get to the scene in which Ash and Blanca are alone. Uh, in just a short while uh, but that's the deal and just as calmly as he took the gun and tried to shoot himself Ash is like sure by your way sign I'll do it another like psychic punch to Yoot Loom because you could just see him like <sighs> reacting like he'd been been you know clocked I can't believe you're willing to sacrifice everything for this person what is the matter mm-hmm. with you? Indeed. So, after all that, everyone moves to leave, apart from Ash, who's just staying there in the uh, warehouse. And he says, no, Blanca, round one, fight! <laughs> yeah, it really is uh, that. And after some discussion in which uh, is like, you know, go on then. You can fight back if you want, just don't rush him up too much because I want to have my fun with him at a lace point. Uh, Blanca and Ash fight, and Blanca utterly dismantles him. It's not even funny how easy he makes it look. Uh, and he and c- I say cuts that... him on the neck from like yeah. the side of his hand. I mean, I don't know if it's like a fingernail thing or if it's a, you know, mm. the my hand the my hand moving through air has like the force of. Uh, the, the, the force of which will will cut flesh. Indeed. That's probably um, that. It's probably not a fingernail thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep in mind what I said there about like it was nothing, because that's half joke and half actual observation and criticism as well. But we'll get to that later. Uh, so Ash uh, gets knocked down um, by a blow to his, uh, like, to his, you know, to his vital area, wins him, knocks him down. Um, Blanca spends some time alone with him then, uh, the rest of everyone else leaves. Uh, and That's a lot of trust they're it. putting in this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yudlung, I think, was right to be cautious in that instance. Uh-huh. Uh, and Ash and Blanca have a discussion about the idea of roles that they have to play. Uh, and Blanca's probing him, like, you know, you'll have all these things. You'll have wealth, you'll have power, etc., etc. Um, he then leaves by say, thinking in his head about saying aloud that he will pray for him whatever the outcome is of what Ash does next. Ahem. And after all that wraps up, after that little elongated discussion, um, there's a couple of flashbacks. By the way, nice use of different tones here as well to show they are flashbacks. Because uh, I think there's like more pastel colors, maybe a bit more sepia. I don't know how it was done or interpret, but the tones of the, and the color gradients on here were different. So I really like that. Um, mm-hmm, well, Ash mm-hmm. has been making plans of his own, but they're not the plans that you might otherwise think for him, where he's obviously got some scheme in mind to win. He's got a scheme in mind to give up. To for now. His, 
for now. For, for now. I think he's, for now. My suspicion is that he. This is him lying the uh, a bear trap down, so to speak. I'm not so sure. I don't get that impression. Um, I think he'll retake I, the information and the people in his. I think uh, he. I, I, I think he will, but I don't think it is something that he will plan for. Mm. I think it's something that will trigger him to do that. Something that will bring the fight back into him and Fair make enough. him do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but in the end. He does indeed, A, get the banana fish dockets back from Max and uh, his reporter colleague. I don't remember his name. Was, was it Charlie? Yeah. Whoever, the, whoever it was. Uh, Dawson is also taken as well. Um, and Ash does indeed meet uh, Leung, Golzine, and Blanca at the pier, as promised, hands over everything, including himself. Eiji, you know, wakes up and leaves the... Uh, Uh, leaves the hotel. Uh, he leaves the hotel trying to find right. him, but his gang stops him. That's the episode. <sighs> Islands in the stream, Shadon. Mm-hmm. Islands in the stream. Mm-hmm. Really, Tulubo says, "Did you not see his face in that last shot? That was a broken man." That would be actually yeah. Shit. So, yes, I mean, I thought yeah. I mean, all throughout the episode. Uh, there were some really good facial expression-y moments. Of, uh, you know what, here, I'll go ahead and hit the sounder so we can get into this officially. Talking points. There were a lot of really great facial expressions uh, mm. of Ash being broken. I mean, even even the silliness in the first bit, right, of, of uh, Ash being, you know, can't wake him up, throw him in the shower, turn the water on it, like, ha-ha, like, if you think about it, I mean that level of fatigue is is of a piece with everything else. Like he's so tired because there's so much on him mentally and emotionally. He's bearing so much in terms of these these burdens, and there's so much responsibility on him that like they play it for laughs. But um, I think viewed in another light, it's pretty sad. And then yeah, there's that one scene where Ash calls himself, you know, it was right after AG gets sniped and he says, I'm no match for this person. You know, I, um, and, and sort of, you see this, the way that they draw his face. I mean, he really looks heartbroken and forlorn, like he's at the end of his rope. And yeah, I mean, that stuff is present in, in those last scenes. But, but if he didn't have a plan to get out of it this is pivoting from my talking point of wow there's a lot of really good facial expressions of ash looking tired and defeated and beaten Mm. pivoting to what Tallulah bell said and what you said here like why would he tell ebay um you know make plans to get me to japan or whatever if he if there was not like a second part of the plan post capture and maybe he didn't mean that when he when I say didn't mean that. Um, the thing that immediately springs to mind is funnily enough of mice and men, which is when Lenny dies. Uh, George is telling him, you know, what think of the farm? You know, why you gotta bring to Steinbeck into this? God damn it! I know. I'm surprised I haven't <laughs> referenced Steinbeck yet. But my point is that maybe he was telling eBay that as a lie, just to reassure him that he had a plan in mind when he really didn't. Because obviously eBay otherwise would be worried uh-huh. sick about it. 
do, do you let me ask this is not this is going to sound like i'm dragging the show but i'm really just asking an honest question do you think that the show so far has shown itself to be working with that kind of tool set that kind of subtlety um i would say so to be honest okay. I, w- I would say it's capable of it mm-hmm. um i mean i'm i genuinely think that ash has given up the fact that he's given up uh, is a problem in of itself, in my opinion, which I'll get to with my talking point, which admittedly is also a repeat of what I said last week. But I've had more confirmation of it. Well, if, uh, that, if that's the case, right? Um, if that's the case, um, hmm, how to articulate what I'm trying to say here? Um, if he's if he has given up, then I guess going forward, what you say is very plausible here that he'll be spurred into action of necessity because mm-hmm. someone will do something to Asia anyway. And well, well, bear in mind, bear in mind, uh, you know. bear in mind his name, Dawn. Bear in mind the you know the very common phrase that goes with that darkest before. I thought you were going to say scrubs dishes clean. A hundred percent. No, 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 no. Uh, a blue this dog. Is the thing, like, it's a dramatic art thing. It's the lowest point. Mm-hmm. It fits thematically with, you know, the sun moon elements that are going in the show here. It makes sense. But something needs to spur him into action. And I reckon that'll be aging. And I don't know how he'll do it, but something's got to happen to bring him back. But I don't think it's going to be of Ash's own volition. I think as far as he's concerned, if he was just simply Dino's fucking pet at this point, if it kept AG safe, they'd do that. I know that... But somebody's got to change his mind. I, I know that people in the chat have the advantage over me of knowing how the story ends, but... This... I don't know. Understanding... To me, the Ash character, right, has always been this character that is four steps ahead of everyone because he's so smart. Mm-hmm. And like yes, like he's he's always. I mean, he's an emotional person. I mean, I remember seeing him in some pretty dire emotional states. Sure. Around shorter around killing Arthur, um, but he still n- never kind of uh, didn't have a plan. Um, at the very least you know, is always so super resourceful and reactive to things well, happening you're around touching, him. you're touching on the <laughs> long-standing problem. I so so that's, well, this is just why I feel like, I mean, I think both can be true, right? I mean, he can, he can feel resigned and that, you know, he has no way, no way out of this situation except by at least on the surface like meeting their demands mm-hmm. and that's gonna be painful for some people i mean at least max i mean i don't know i'm kind of with max's partner like what the fuck dude <laughs> we're working on this story this is gonna be huge <laughs> like we are we are about to expose a, a multinational like I- I'm conspiracy and shit <laughs> and he's just I'm like Go, that son, they did not save your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am so genuinely surprised, by the way, that Max and uh, his partner hadn't photocopied the 
fuck out of that report. I mean, come on. Like egg, egg on my egg on egg on Ash's face. It turned out. Oh, whoops! There's a there's a thing on the cloud. There's a digital copy. Yes. Yes. It's on the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Frugal um, drive. It is the thing, Doc. The thing that you're saying about Ash being four steps ahead. That's not a good thing for the show, as I've said before. It's a problem with making him too good. Uh, this is also why Blanca now exists as a character who was previously not foreshadowed. Can I say, because... um, well, what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the sounder before you talk, but just to end what I was saying, is that I, I, I think on a certain level, I mean, I, mean, I agree, and I'm realizing that that you that you can make a character... It's sort of the Superman problem, right? I mean, he's he's so good that I never feel like he's in danger, and Blind that's that's Christ really there you go. yeah. Well, an AG is a script night, but you always I don't know. No, I Blanca always is a script site. Oh, Blanca. Well, but I but I always feel um, I guess that at, at this point in the show, AG has shown himself able to get out of like. I mean, so many scrapes, so many mazes. And, really? And... That was that was the one, though. That was the one time he pole vaulted. I don't recall any other times that he's really. I'm sorry, not Ag. I'm talking about Ash. Fuck. God damn it. All right. Fuck me. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Let me start over to make this 100 percent clear. Ash, being so smart and resourceful, and getting out of all these. Uh, scrapes and seemingly intractable situations has, I think, throughout the show, and I haven't realized it to the degree I realize it now. And uh, that's a really weird way of saying it. I'm realizing it now very strongly that, like, I don't really feel like his character is at risk. Like, I'm not feeling the like mm-hmm. emotional danger. Mm-hmm. I mean that Welcome those first episode those first episodes felt so fucking dangerous. I mean people were dying, mm-hmm. you know, things were happening, the chessboard pieces were moving around and they everyone had to, felt more on the run. Yeah, everyone really did feel uh at risk. Uh and you know, it, it, we've gotten to this point where that's really not the case so much and and I think that might be to the show's detriment, to the story's detriment. Well, yeah. Well, this is the point I made. Um, Ash is OP, and it's a problem for the show. Uh, It's so much of a problem that they had to invent a character, at least from my perspective, uh, to, you know, put the fear in him. When otherwise, all of the things that Ash does in this episode at the end, which is, you know, give over the dossier, uh, give over Dawson, and and give himself over, there'd have been no reason for him to do that, or nothing that could have coerced him to do that otherwise. Not a thing. Then Blanca comes in and suddenly shits his pants. Right. No. Yeah. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Um, but what I'm saying about the Susley thing, though, is that I do think that as far as Ash as a character, as an emotional person, mm-hmm. goes, while his skills and his talents are implausible and detrimental to the show, I think the reason I still like him, as opposed to other protagonists mm. I've seen in anime shows who are just brilliant, yeah. is because he is a relatable likable individual who has a genuine goal that I want to get behind which is his own freedom yeah. and you know him becoming a whole person and he's and not he a fucking also... like smug sociopath like so many geniuses yeah. portrayed in western television like goddamn House and uh, uh, Sherlock and, and all these people based off of that Holmes kind of character like 
I mean, Ash is smart, but he's still, like you said, warm and human and uh, funny and not uh, not a robot and not super, yes, yeah. not a smug asshole. <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed, Ash is, Ash is complex, and it's been established a couple of times now, is that he has only ever known killing. Indeed, it's mentioned in this episode. Like, mm-hmm. what will I do? I've only ever, ki- I've only ever killed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no guns in finding Japan. That- so I said before, it's about him finding that normality. It's not necessarily about being normal, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, everyone wants, you know, normality in their lives. I speak for myself that, you know, I would give nothing more than to have a home, to have a wife, to have, you know, one, two, maybe three kids bouncing around doing their stupid shit, whatever they want to do. Uh, you know, normality. And that's the thing he doesn't currently have because of this situation. So that's why I still root for him and still get behind him, despite the fact that there is no actual tension or fear for his life. Yeah. I still want him to have that. But I'm also not going to deny that, you know, his ability, uh, his overpoweredness, and then Blanca's introduction doesn't ring a bit hollow to me, because it, mm. it does. It really does. Um, speaking of which, let's talk about Blanca. All right. Here's the thing, right? I'm going to speculate here, and if I am wrong, please do call me out on this, because I do like to be called out wrong. I'm not going to pretend, you know, that I know best, or okay. that I am the arbiter of all knowledge. Let me let me just settle your the dispute right now. He is a charge character. Fair point. Char, Thank charge, you. charge partitioning Thank you is bullshit. So Thank you. Well, there don't you go. Play him. And that's the end of this stream of thought. Thank <laughs> you much, everyone, for listening. Good night. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, so... I had previously said when we first introduced Sablanka that I was not particularly optimistic about the portrayal of his character. Uh, because I feared, and I'm getting more and more confirmation of this, that his character is essentially something that was written as a response to Ash being that good. Like, the writers kind of took a step back. They're like, oh, shit. We, we, he's too good. We've got to do... This is the guy who trained him, and he's better than him in every way. There we go. Done. Off to the pub. That's how it. That's how it goes. So my speculation is this: I again have not read the manga, and I'm also not privy to the knowledge of its schedule for release when it first came out, mm-hmm. or even what magazine it came out in. But I would like, or rather, I'd imagine it works something like this: in that the person writing it, they had the idea of a long-term plot. Like, I mean, we all know Golzine's going to die, and that's obviously been determined ahead of time. Um, but the every step of the journey was not necessarily mapped out in advance. Certain broad strokes were there. Certain things were not. And so as the manga progressed, Parmi thinks it was kind of a recursive thing where they were like, wait a minute. This this character, our main character, is too good. I need to dial it back. And it would make sense then for Blank to appear because it's one of those things where it's being written as it goes along. Now, I have said before that I generally am against the idea of making shit up as you go along. I mean, I said that about Franks. I'm more willing to accept it in the case of a manga because that's the function of the material. I mean, if you were to tell me, for example, that JoJo's, like, you know, part three was in any way foreshadowed by part two or even part one, I would say that you're chatting out your backside. Clearly, you know, things like, for me, like, you know, when we, we've got, like, we've got killed Dio in part three, but the bits between leaving to go kill Dio and at the end, when you do actually kill him, when Joe Stroke offers him, probably weren't something that Araki had ever, like, you know, absolutely sketched out to the last detail. So I'm more okay than this case. It's more of a continual process rather than, you know, a whole show conceived from full cloth. 
Um, but that being said, Blanca, if I was to use the red letter media method of describing him, which is to say, describe a person without describing their role, their appearance, etc., etc., basically someone who's never seen before, I would have very little to tell you because he is not, in my opinion, a character. We made the Superman comparison before. If he was a Superman thing, he would be Kryptonite. He is a plot device used to push Ash to action that otherwise would not happen were he not there. Blanca, to my memory, and if I'm wrong on this, was not foreshadowed in the run-up to his reveal. He is, funnily enough, people are going to hate me for this, but it's a true comparison. He reminds me of Sarah Kerrigan, the Claxor princess. <laughs> stop ranks. You stop No, it. it's true. No, it's true. Am I wrong, though? Because he similarly was introduced late hour. Now, granted, Claxor princess character came about for no fucking good reason whatsoever. At least I can point to Blanca yeah. and say, this way because of this thing. But surely there was a better way of doing this. And then... Yeah, I mean, I can... He's got more utility than her already. Like, he's got more usefulness in his pinky finger than, than Sam yeah, Kerrigan had. Uh, this is very true. You know, I mean, he's he provides <sighs> a conduit to, like, flashbacks and also has... I'm not really sure what other way we get this conversation with Ash here at the end that we get that I think is is actually really illuminating and interesting, but... At the same time, you know, if you're running a cost-benefit analysis, like, I don't know that this, that that's enough to, like, justify his, <laughs> the existence of this OP, you know, new character. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just probably for the reasons that you mentioned. Also, yeah. um, to, to answer your first, uh, the first question you asked about the publication, so it was, I just looked it up while we were talking, because I couldn't remember offhand, but... Uh, Banana Fish ran from 85 to 94 in Shoujo Comic. Um, yeah, that explains it. F- and it was published uh, twice monthly. So on a, I guess, bi-weekly schedule. Um, which is, um, you know, I'm the manga I'm used to consuming is either weekly or monthly. So that's, a, that's an interesting kind of format. I don't know. I can't... Uh, I mean, I guess for, for any any artist getting like churning stuff out on a schedule you're gonna have some crunch no matter what mm-hmm. so and so yeah and i'll at least can see that they are addressing you know the fact that ash is op by having this thing happen i mean it is at least moving the plot forward so i'll accept that but i just am of the opinion that it could have been done better um and i want to talk very briefly about the conversation between um blanca and ash in this particular warehouse because it's also endemic of another problem I had, which is unfortunately, as I said in the previous stream before, the Goldstein is a rapist makes him a bad villain. And I'm not talking bad as in, you know, we don't like him, because of course we don't fucking like him. I hope Ash spends the entirety of the final episode just caving his head in inside a car door. If it's 24 minutes, literally, of him just banging that car door and smashing his head into pulp, I would watch that, give it 10 out of 10. Well, here's the thing, right? Blanca and Ash have a discussion, and I have to say, firstly... This discussion was very workmanlike. It didn't feel like there was a personal connection between these two characters. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. It, I honestly did not feel like... I mean, okay, yeah. Golzine and Ash have a personal connection, quote-unquote, but that was because he's basically violated. And also, in some ways, served as a... I'm not saying this is a good one, but I'm saying he served as a father figure of sorts. Big air quotes there. 
So there is certainly a link, you know, a relationship between the two. With Blanca, like, even though we had that flashback, I have nothing to go on. Like, how does Ash feel towards him as a person? Does he react, for example, to the fact that Blanca might not have, you know, for a start, why to molest him at any point? Does that not strike him as something that might be a positive attribute to this person relative to that person, maybe? I, I got nothing. So, first off, that already primed me not really to care about this conversation, but the content that followed is not so much Blanca's fault, but it's Goldstein's fault, or rather his construction as a character. Because Blanca's saying to him, if you went back and played that role, you'd be wealthy, you'd have power. And all I can hear you thinking is, Blanca, you're not addressing the elephant in the room here, which is that you're basically saying that Ash should be Golzine's sex toy. Well, they talk, they talk around it. Um, but that's the thing, they should be talking about it, though. Because they certainly do talk about it in previous Well, times. right. But the I reason mean, I think... you can't say it out loud is because then all of his arguments would be absurd. Yeah. You can't say, uh, yeah, Exa- well, you can't say yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Because it immediately exposes that there is no argument here. No, as I mean, as I'm... It's, it's not as not certainly as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's like I was telling you off off stream. I mean, Blanca's kind of worldview is um, is certainly askew in his prioritization of you know of of wealth and comfort over other other things. But he doesn't uh, even is, bring is that askew. up. Though. That's the problem. But like you would, you would suspect that anyway, you know, because he's a contract killer, he's not going to be a well-adjusted person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, like, yeah, he's totally indirect about the other stuff. I think he just wants to. I don't even think indirect. I think it just simply is not something. I, I think I think it's simply that if Blanker even talks about it indirectly, it would reveal all his arguments to be hollow. Because well, all when, I could keep thinking. Well, when Ash says, "Do you?" you know I'd be a fake, you're asking me to pretend. And I think that that is him asking. That is him bringing up. You know, okay, like, yes, I would be uh, in a life of comfort and wealth, but I would be a slave, I would be abused, and you're asking me to play this this role of pet and pretend that other stuff is not happening to me. And Mo- I dis- Blanca I disagree is like, yes. <laughs> like, I disagree because it's... I, here's the thing, right? We know that as background detail, but the characters really need to talk about it, especially given that this is the first time we've seen Blanca and the first time he's had an right. actual talk. Well, this is they dialogue... This. Well, you got it. So this is dialogue written by, you know, a Japanese person. And I think mm. it's there's an indirect nature... To conversation, uh, and so I would. I, it doesn't surprise me that that it is talked around, and they're not as open and frank in their discussion with each other about it as you would want them to be. I suppose. I mean, if it is a cultural thing, fine. But I can only speak to my reaction here, which is that as Blank was telling all this, Ash, all I kept coming back to in my head was. Golzine rapes him, so this is moot. This discussion is irrelevant. I don't care if Blanca said that he would literally be the fucking president of the United States, and he could have anything he ever wanted. You know, he could rule the whole right. thing. Right. What do, yeah. what do you, let me wants... ask you, what do you think What do you think Blanca meant when he said, I'm asking you to pretend? To pretend to be his protege, to be happy. Because the thing is, right, when he says, when you said about fakes there, 
if you, if I, in a different version of Banana Fish, just to speculate here, Ash had never been raped by Golzi. The conversation could remain exactly as is between these two characters. Because, well, I disagree. I think that the first part where he says, I thought that you'd gotten over your past already. I think that it's, that is, that line hinges upon Ash's backstory being the way it is. I don't uh, think you no, could, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think you think could, so. I don't think you could use it and be it anywhere near as powerful without well, well, being yes. that kind of victim. Yes, but you could still have it mean something if Ash was simply just Golzi's contract killer slash protege. You know? Because it would still tie in with the themes we've had of him not being a Yeah, but you wouldn't need to... Whole... But then he wouldn't He wouldn't be talking about getting over anything because he'd still be expected to be a contract killer today. That could still be a, that could still be a problem, though. Maybe he doesn't want to do that anymore. I mean, he's clearly shown that he wants, you know, although he can't understand it necessarily in concrete terms, he doesn't want no, to but, have this life. No, but Blanca That's is saying... That's why he's going to Japan. But Blanca is saying, I thought you had gotten over your past. As in, I thought you were happy working for the Monsieur and everything was fine. Like, if he would, if, if you were, if what he meant by that is, I thought you had gotten over being a contract killer, then it wouldn't make any sense for Blanca to say that. Because <laughs> maybe he just, the thing is, being a contract killer is not something maybe Ash is happy about, though. Like, yeah. there are still ways this could have been written in which he wouldn't have been happy with a scenario without that happening. I am of the opinion the exact words said here because they don't actually discuss it outright. Even though Golzi makes very clear mention, you will be the lowest prostitute. You will mm-hmm. be my toy. Yeah, my I mean he totally yeah, he knows. <laughs> yeah. So, so the fact they don't discuss it to me says you could simply, you know, change Ash's backstory and it wouldn't matter in the context of this conversation. And that's what bothers me because I keep running into that in my head. And as has been said before, the reaction is you're not meant to be happy with. You're meant to be disgusted that this is going to happen to Ash again. Yeah, sure. And that's fine. But it then defeats the point of this whole three-minute-long conversation, however long it is, between Ash and Blanca, when Blanca's like, no, go back to your own. Like, no. He's going to be fucking raped by Golzin every day that he, you know, every day that he lives. There is no debate or discussion here. This is perfunctory and pointless. Yeah. I mean... At least for me, the audience member. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I he, cl- he clearly... What... Yeah, I mean, Blanca clearly sees it as, like, the equivalent, I think, of... Um... Well, maybe clearly sees it as not the right way to say this because maybe he doesn't. What if, I mean, Blanca just sort of sees it as the equivalent of like an unhappy home life. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like put up, you know, put up with the wife or the marriage she don't like. Put put up with these the sexual sort of uh, association, uh, this this baggage part, in order that you can live well and comfortably. And I think part of why he's being, he's kind of urging him to do it uh, is because Blanca himself couldn't do it. You know, like Ash said, like, well, what about you? Like you fucking, like you left, you retired, you went to the Caribbean. Uh, You, you, you couldn't pretend and Blanca has no answer. Obviously he couldn't. The thing is, Uh, I, (laughs) The problem is, though, I don't know who the fuck Blanca is or what his perspective, what's made him have this worldview. I don't know jack shit. The lines that you just said that he could pitch would have actually, funnily enough, come better from Max, of all people, because he did have a broken home life with his wife and his son. And maybe, you know, that would have been analogous to like, you know, I should stay with my wife even though I don't love her because it's benefit for my kid. I, that's a broad, like, that's me making shit up there, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. 
that this character who's come basically out of the fucking nowhere is trying to make this argument and for me the audience member he's not addressing the key issue here and it's stopping me from caring about the conversation they're having because it always comes back to that one point but does he have to and address this it? is i mean yes because it's been such a big part of ash's life well but it, he's saying ignore it can't can't it encompass everything like does he have to say out loud like you know this kind of abuse and this kind of rape and this kind of penetration like he's just telling him like ignore it like i mean i think tulu bell is right when they say like blanca is just saying whatever you have to put up with Golzine is worth it because you'll eventually be in power and that'll be that and your life will be like a good life just fucking pretend just ignore it just play the role you've got to play for now I mean, I don't I really don't. I really don't think it does the show service to dance around that. Like, you, as I said before, you can't treat rape lightly, and I think Banana Fish has done that a little bit with how it's done with Golzi. We said that. In, I said that yeah. in the previous episode. It doesn't make him a complex villain to have him out and out to simply be a fucking pedophile from day one. Like that's what I kept bumping into when this conversation was happening. I can only speak to my reaction, which is I, know. I don't fucking care what you say, Blanca. Or what you're trying to pitch here, end of the day, he's a fucking child rapist. Well, I agree. I mean, I think you would, I mean, I think we all agree on that. And I think the audience, oh, yeah. the audience is like probably supposed to, I mean, we're supposed to think that. I just don't think it's like a flaw about the show. Cause I think, I, I think being, um, being so kind of pedantic about how bad it is and what's happening, like actually might feel like the show is talking down to you, the audience member. You know what I mean? If if every episode oh, someone was like, that's, that's too, that's "Hey, too remember he was raped." No, 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 you know? no, 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 no. You misunderstand. I'm not saying that it'd be that clinical. I'm talking about maybe Ash relating why he feels that way, and maybe this would tie into the other area that I've complained about, which is that they don't properly address the intimacy issues between him and AJ. It seems more symptomatic of that whole thing that doesn't, you know, it wants to talk a big game about Ash having been, you know, molested and raped at various points of his life isn't then willing to follow through from it either in discussion between him and AJ about it or in this case between him and Blanca what did you what do you want him to say to Blanca I guess um maybe to admit you know say that happens to me I don't want to go back to it or maybe say you know even if I have to do that I don't know I want to at least to say something Mm -hmm. but if but if like you and I don't know you and me or you and a good mate of yours like we're having a conversation and we both knew about a very traumatic and sensitive thing. It doesn't strike me as the craziest thing in the world that we wouldn't really, that there'd be an understanding between the participants. You know, this happened. I know this happened. Like sometimes even talking about something traumatic is an extra level of pain. (laughs) You know what I mean? And they just might feel like they can, they can like say what they need to say and deliver the points that they need to deliver i guess without bring i i just don't think it's no, I, yeah it, it get, doesn't bother I me you, i guess that they don't bring it up you know i get i get you but the thing is you're speaking there from the perspective of someone who's actually the, of a character we the audience need to have this stuff conveyed to us. it's not a question of what you and i might feel in terms of how painful it'd be for us in real life this is something the show needs to communicate to us it needs to communicate that pain that it can afford to do so mm-hmm. it certainly has done but here, much in the same way that Blanca feels crowbarred, this whole conversation between him and Ash, I feel could have been cut entirely and I'd have lost nothing. If he'd have walked out with the rest of them, 
I don't think I'd have gained anything or lost anything. It wouldn't have mattered. Maybe this says more for me not caring about Blanco as a character because there's clearly very little of anything sort of personal relationships between him and Ash. But I'm just like, guys, don't don't half-ass talking about the rape stuff, please. Hmm. Like, well, be, go 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 hard in on it. Make it intimate. Make it painful as it should. If Blanco yeah. is that close to Ash and has taught him that much, is there nothing more to their relationship that would demand that? I mean, like I pitched, has Blanco himself, like, I mean, he's either one person in Banana Fish Universe who hasn't tried to fucking... Just as a thought, I mean, you know. That's a fair question. I guess there's, like, a line... Or not a line, but... What am I trying to say? Um, organic dialogue, and then kind of pedagogical or pedantic dialogue. Like, it's this tricky... Because where where you feel like the show needs to address something, me another viewer, you know, I I feel like yeah I don't know if if it might feel artificial if they did so, especially I I feel like it's really tricky, and I feel I don't know it it felt quite natural to me that they didn't do that. Um, and I, I think I disagree a little bit in terms of the personal connection between those two. I mean, like, initially when they were talking, it did sort of feel like, yeah, here's two people just kind of saying saying things that they need to say, but not necessarily to each other, mm-hmm. or not necessarily, like, it could be to anyone. But, like, I feel like that stuff at the end when Ash gets very emotional, I don't know, I kind of felt it, like, when he, you know, talks about I'd be fake. Um, what would you have me do? Would would you have me pretend you couldn't do it? Like you fled, and then that whole bit where he says I'm happy now, like, and even if you kind of disagree with his, um, I guess, sort of conception of what love is or or romance is. I mean, it's just him admitting he's in love, and then begging Blanca not to kill him, and Blanca sort of realizing like the gravity of a person like Ash throwing his pride away to beg for the life of Eiji. I think that that did show that, okay, that there's been a a relationship here that showed a little bit of a connection to me. It really would have helped, in my opinion, if this had happened, if we, well... Oh, I don't disagree with you that it should have been freaking earlier. You're you're 100% right about that. That's why I don't care. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I, like... I don't have any understanding of how his relationship with Ash works when they were young, when he was younger. Like, was it the same as Galsy? Did he rape him also? Did he not? You know, did he treat him differently? That could add so much dimension to it. I mean, if they'd actually talked about it, maybe that could have been the way in which they revealed that little plot point, if that's such a thing as exists. But honestly, I'm so turned off by the idea of Blanca being a character because he isn't. And so, I, and just because he again was making that pitch, that point before, as I've said, which is, you know, here's all the things you can have. And my reaction was, well, I'm sorry, but the person who's going to be, you know, enthralled to is a rapist. Why should I care? Like, there's no nuance to this discussion here. All the time they spend talking about it, it just keeps falling back to that one point for me, which is that Golzine is not a dimensional enough villain to justify having this long, you know, baby come back discussion from Blanca's <laughs> part. It really ain't. How dare it you? It really fucking ain't. I mean, as I pitched before, Baby, if, in an, alternate, if in an alternate version, 
if, if in an off an alternate version of Banana Fish, Golzine had never done that to Ash, but maybe he did it to Obazuno, was right. He had just basically never touched it. Okay? If that happened, this might have possibly been a bit more interesting to talk about. That, you know, that, okay, maybe there might be incentive for him to go back after all. Maybe it won't be so bad. But would it be true to his spirit, true to his desire to be free, true to his, you know, going to Japan thing that was established before? All of it completely falls apart, because I again keep thinking, I don't care what you offer and maybe this is speaking more to myself here but I don't care what you offer you're going to treat me like a piece of meat fuck right off, you yeah. shove that oh, fucking yeah. offer For right sure. up your ass oh 100%, and it just, 100% and it, just true. it just didn't make me care about this conversation, I mean it was a character I didn't care about trying to protestate, or, you know, you're trying to preach to a character I do care about about why you should go back to this other character who fucking rapes him like, well I don't care Fuck yeah, off. I mean, I think this conversation's like, over, right? I mean, putting putting like yourself in the position of Ash, right, and, and empathizing with him, I think is is right, and like how we're supposed to feel. I think what is what is sad, and I guess makes the conversation at least interesting somewhat. I guess to me, interesting is not a great word but uh meaningful i think maybe to to me is that like this is a real option that people kind of have to choose like change some of the details around right like um you could have someone saying hey like lady who is my friend just go back go back to him go back into his arms like and yeah he's going to beat you sometimes but you know what he's going to pay for the kids to go to college He's going to keep a roof over your head. He's going to make it where you don't have to work three jobs. And mm. you just pretend, just put up with that shit when he hits you sometimes for the well-being of others. And people struggle and make that choice. So, like, people have to make really horrible choices about whether or not to continue in abusive relationships or break free and yes like be doing the sort of morally correct thing for themselves but it being so fucking circumstantially hard like to me that's what made the conversation meaningful and hell yeah like get out of there ash like don't don't do it but like what does that mean what does that mean for him going forward you know that's you know i think i think you maybe realize what the weak link is the conversation i reckon would have worked just fine if it'd be Golzy and saying it's him. Not who the fuck is this person? Not, <laughs> not, not yeah. Or, or, right, or, right. or, not Blanca Slate as he is. Oh, wait, I gotta, I have to. Sorry, that just came to me. But I had to give point. you the, the applause sounder. That was too good. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm just saying. Fun. I'm just saying that if Golzine had said those exact same words, with probably a couple of tweaks here and there, whatever. Um, I reckon this conversation would have had much more punch. Yeah, maybe it would have been a bit Darth Vader and Lukeish, as you know. I think it would have still been much more. I thought the first time would have worked, as opposed to, I don't know who this person is. His argument is crap. I don't care. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I. I sympathize with what you're saying. The the mouthpiece. Yeah. I mean, it is asking... I mean, the show is asking you to care about 
about this person all of a sudden. Um, and and you you dislike characters being brought up in the third act of a show, and I I mean to a lot. Excuse me, to a large extent, I agree with you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I I'm very in terms of like, do I like Blanca? Right. Like, I'm very conflicted because his basic like design I think is cool. I mean, I wish he was actually more film noir. If he was constantly wearing a trilby, that'd be great. Um, but like, like I like the basic attributes from as presented. But the thing is, like, he's just an eleventh hour introduction, in my opinion, to counterbalance the fact that Ash has been now to this point been presented as basically unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's the mark against it is mm-hmm. is that. I mean, on the other side, you have the interesting discussion. I mean, but maybe you could write it a different way. Maybe you could write him and Yu Lung having that discussion, though I'd, I'm not 100% sure you could because mm. Yu Lung doesn't, Mirror- know, doesn't know him in that way. And I just, but Mirror- I I don't know if Golzin and him having that discussion 100% works either because, because you're, I think you're supposed to feel like sort of that, to like Blanca, like he's coming off sympathetic maybe like here's a here's well like you said he's a person who is not abusing ash and he as as such well okay well let's just assume let's assume that um although that the the way that flashback was presented with all the sparkles and shit you never fucking know um (sighs) but but (laughs) but like let's say that that's the case um then I guess you're sup- maybe supposed to think like that he really does have Ash's best interest in mind, or at least he can make a claim to because he's not interested in him as a sex object. I, but but clearly not, he has he his fucking argument is crap. It's garbage. This thing, so. I don't know who he is or what his relationship is to Ash. Yeah. That's why this doesn't work. I don't know who he is what their relationship was, what terms it were on. Like, we can assume, and I'd certainly like to believe that he wasn't a, no, another one in the long list of people who've had their fucking way with Ash against his will. I'm not laughing at what you say. Like, no, that's fine. Uh, I know what you're laughing at, actually. <laughs> Mirror says he's my least favorite non-rapist character. <laughs> an amazing statement. Right God. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know the terms of their relationship. There's not been, I mean, he's only been introduced in the last episode. There's not been time to establish that. What is private least... opinion? Uh, is that the side story? I think it's we. Okay. What a what a fucking name! That's a fucking that is the name of a pornographic film. It's it's Uh, it's the name. It's the title. (laughs) It's a line of thinking. I wish a lot of people on Twitter would follow. To be quite honest. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's the title of a a pornography featuring uh, the lead actress as a judge. She's got to render her private opinion. And that way she can, you know, slam the gavel on the desk and say, All rise. Hmm? 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 Okay, 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 okay. Um, just, just to clear my mind very quickly, like, there is still going to be time for us to find out more about, and that's fine. But I am of the opinion that even if we do get a quite nuanced look in, say, the next episode into his backstory of Ash, 
that it's in this late hour will never it'll never escape that that's true it'll never escape the late arrival you know in the same way that someone who turns up late for your birthday you don't like you know they could put on a great show after the fact but they're still late so i man if there was as i say some substance that we know about as the audience to the relationship like something that we're told or shown at this point that can help contextualize this one way or the other and maybe they then played into that with the reactions between two then i'd be much happy with it but as it stands mm-hmm. that entire three minute conversation i was just like all this boils back to is ash is going back to be you know a rapist toy so there is no debate here there is no discussion i don't know who that what the relationship is between these two characters so I'm, all i can treat it is is a purely academic exercise which is something i can solve in less than a second in my own head of no fucking way but but oh, okay well two things uh one Think of think of him. Give him the chance that you gave Haru in Persona Five, because that I wasn't happy with Haru. That is a late. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. I thought you liked her. I never finished a social late because she came in that late. Yeah, sorry, so late. That's like, like if I recall correctly, like like eighty hours into the game, right? And then here's a new character. Uh, Jesus. Context. She arrived in October. I mean, yeah, she was around before in background or whatever when she was actually yeah. introduced in October. Uh, the story pretty much concludes by the end of December. Yep. Begins in March, as usual, with those games. Um, or April. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. That's well, I, I really do feel like it was between 70 and 80. Anyway. Um, Harry, by, uh, just, just to tell you, Mira, right, I do like how it was presented. I just wish that she wasn't introduced that late. Her Phantom Thieves outfit is the best one. Three Musketeers all the way. She looks fantastic in it. Hmm. Makoto, though. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. About Makoto? You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Makoto is common writer, though. <laughs> this is true. Um, this is true. Anyway, Persona Five cast coming later, folks. Stick tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I still got um, a. I still, I want to still put out our Persona Four podcast. Oh, bloody with hell, some five and a half hour with some editing to brand it. I feel like it, at this point we have to make it a Warrior De Show thing. Um, oh yeah, just because our other our other adventure. I mean, there's just we just don't have time <laughs> to do another podcast, separate podcast feed. Uh. Okay, Makoto is best girl. Thank you to Lulu Bell. Um, Do I sense a poll coming on? There, we might. There's not enough. There's not enough. There's only four choices though, uh, and there are so many ladies in Persona Five that deserve a, a spot for votes. Yeah, you. Um, to be fair, um, to be fair, you would be able to put a catchy on there either. So there you go. It, it, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, right, worst okay. girl. Uh, the is it the moon? Who wears the green sneakers and who's sort of stalkery and manages the message board or whatever? I really dislike that's that not, kid. That's not. That's not a girl. That's well. A same with the catchy's not a girl. I'm making, I'm doing the same thing. Uh, no, he's I, worse, I, girl. People ship a catchy with the protagonist. No, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, um, I don't. Right. Anyway. Um, okay. So so as so as, look. I think. What so what you were saying is that it's a non-starter for you no matter what. But 
imagine the cho- that the choice really is you become a sex slave parentheses a well wealthy well taken care of powerful sex slave close parentheses or the person you love most dies i mean i think it, i i think it's if the choice were put to you and not to someone else i mean i think i don't know i like, maybe haven't communicated what i'm getting across it i mean you don't have to try you don't have to try convince me but i'm just saying that um like Blanca trying to say this to Ash doesn't wash. Not to mention that they never once talk about AG either. Like, as far as I'm concerned, no, they do. He says, he says, um, I thought you'd gotten over your past, but then I understood what you were doing when I saw Ah, the Japanese boy. You're right. You're you're right. Um, But don't do it. Give it up. He's a lamb. You're a lynx. You're not meant to be together. All this shit. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, another. He's like, look, this is a doomed relationship anyway. Go back to security. Don't die. I mean, the choice is basically like, you know, if he if he doesn't become the slave, you know, Aj's gonna die and he's gonna die. So Blanca, I mean, I feel like Blanca in a way is telling him like, look, I mean, this shit sucks. It's better than you dying. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean it. What do you think? I think that in the end, I've only got the reaction I went with, which was that this is moot. There's no, there's not a debate here. Like trying to sell him on the virtues of it when that comes with it as something that you won't even talk about. I mean, if he actually explicitly said that, um, then that would be something. But he doesn't even bring it up. So trying to sell the rest of it when there's that incredible black mark against this whole deal doesn't it doesn't work for me i don't care maybe that's look i think that just to cut this short because i probably said all i really want to on it all i can speak to is just my reaction which is the blanca you're full of shit this discussion is moot you've got there's no emotional connection for me between what you're saying here with ash because i don't know who the fuck you are i don't know what your relationship with him is beyond simply teaching him things but that's not enough. So I don't care. I mean, the thing about there being unsaid things when you say there though is that this is a medium in which I feel like you can't leave shit like this unsaid. But you it's know? things we've already seen, you know what I mean? And we know about and we know that but each no, of them know no, about we ha- it. We haven't though, because they, they this is not something that we know about how he and Blanca talk about it. You know, these are sure they might know about the events, but how do they talk about it? how do they relate it to each other? But he's like literally appeared in the last episode. I mean, that's no, that's I, fair, I and mean, that's what you're saying is is not unreasonable. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not talking about simply knowing that the events happen, but sometimes yeah. how pairs of characters can react about the same set of events can be very different. I just don't. But do you do you really think it's a crazy non-starter argument though? Well, to say like go back, to, you know, to being you know raped all the time, um, or I think the non-star- or, well, no, no. but the choice, the choice being like that on one side and Ag dying and you dying on the other. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. No, uh, the non-starter argument here, Doc, is him trying to say you'll be wealthy and powerful when that is also a part of the package which he doesn't talk about. I see. I see what you mean. Like, so you why, don't think? Like, okay. Well, I just all right. Okay. 
I guess I thought you thought that the whole thing was didn't make sense or was hollow or something. And, and yeah, I'm trying to wrap my mind around what the problem you if have you, with it if is. Blank, if Blanker had simply said, you've got a choice. Either you become Golzine's fucking great toy or AG dies, I'd have been fine with it. But trying to then also sell this whole package of wealth and stuff like that without then actually addressing what will happen to him otherwise? No. Sorry, but no. It's a it's an incomplete argument, an incomplete debate, an incomplete you but know, if you attempt. but if you if you Blanca actually cared about Ash, wouldn't that be what you tried to do? I don't know if he Sell does or not though. I don't know if he does because I don't know who the fuck he is or what his well, relationship think, is with Ash. Well, okay, you can. Yeah. I think there are specifics that we don't know that it would be good to see, but yes. I think we can tell, generally speaking, that he cares about him. That he. I that, think you're giving it too much credit. I genuinely think you're giving the show too much credit because. You can't deny this character came in late hour. He did, the yes, only, totally. The only thing that we got, as far as their relationship said, is a flashback in which they talks about a book. And that's it. Well, there's that. But remember when Ash pulled the trigger? Go look at Blanca's face. I mean, he looked heartbroken. Heartbroken. <laughs> Not just like, holy fuck, this kid's nuts. It was like, you know, he was like, he looked very... Could that uh, just emotionally be wounded by i think no i don't think it was shock i th- the what i read and we're admittedly getting into subjective interpretation um what I, what i read this on it was a was a hurt you know and then how mm-hmm. how kind of his reaction to ash throwing away his pride admitting that he's in love and saying tanomu you know please don't hurt eiji and like Blanca's eyes got so big and it's like wow like this really means a lot to you you know he understands from you know their relationship what it means for this man Ash Lynx to beg someone for something to throw his pride away um, not that that stops him saying I'll kill him anyway if I have to if he genuinely cared he wouldn't be doing any of this well, I mean, you're talking about the way you and I care about people, right? I mean, you know, I think he he has feelings, but there are the priorities are obviously fucked up. <laughs> you know, I, I think mean, I think I think finally, what I'm trying to say is that we I want more concrete stuff. I don't want things going round about like you know the edges. I don't I don't want subtleties of this late hour. This new character, you've got very little time to make me care. So you cut the ambiguity right out here. Let's have some concrete background information about who the fuck he is, what his relationship with his Ash is, apart from just being a mentor. Like, give us concrete info. Hmm. Don't dance around shit. Like, there's a time and a place for subtlety. That's fine. I mean, there were moments with Golzine earlier in the show, like with what we learned about when he did the wine tasting thing. Right, <laughs> you know, showing off, showing off his pride in having honed Ash to be that kind of person. How he wants to be dressed up. So that's something. That's something I can point to. But I have so very little to go on here that isn't just interpretation, or you know, my like one detail. I can't escape the artifice of this character coming in here and get past that at this late hour. I need Do- more concrete uh-huh. stuff. Give me something proper to talk about. Don't dance around the fact that Golzine's going to do that. Fucking talk about it in the open. Be up front with each other. You can't sugarcoat shit like that where you've got a guy who's going to fucking rape him practically every day of his life. Actually have the hard conversations. 
I know that you said it's difficult for people to talk about that, as it rightly would be. But maybe we can even then at least get a hint that they do find it difficult. I'm not saying they have to talk about it, but at least, you know, let's just have something more than what we get, which is, well, A, you could be wealthy, kid. It'd be great. Which is a fucking non-argument in the face of the actual harsh reality. Um, did you, what did you think about, you know, Mira brings up his, his whole thing, uh, Blanca's whole thing, you know, when he says, you know, at the end, like, uh, I have to follow my role, you know, but no matter what, I'm going to be praying for you. Do you think that speaks of any, like, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to. This is, I, I don't want to like belittle your point because I don't disagree with it, you know, and the, and the whole thing smacks of like, uh, and maybe this is not true. You know, you guys in the chat can tell me, um, the, the whole thing smacks of like, uh, things being cut out <laughs> for adaptation. Like it, it feels like there were a lot of details, small details that could be added that could make you as a viewer more happier and care more about this whole thing uh Mm -hmm. but they it feels like for time's sake they might have been cut i don't know if that's true or not um Mm. well there was mention one of our previous stream of thoughts so we're coming towards the end of the show but there's still quite a lot of material to adapt yeah so like the volume to episode ratio is going up which of course means let more things have to be cut It Um, it felt like what happened during the credits was oh, that man, it felt many, like a whole many, bunch of shit happened and then like that could have been a whole volume of manga yeah how many credit <laughs> sequences are they gonna have to eject in the front <laughs> of the end we're never gonna see it again <laughs> i mean God. also the opening yeah. like the opening bit before the op was only 20 seconds long it was they very are, short they are they are maxing out the amount of like screen time they're getting this holy shit um i don't know i'm I think maybe it's perhaps part of my broader frustrations that I wish this show went into more detail. Like, we actually had more conversations and more in-depth soul-searching, you know, the intimacy stuff I've mentioned before. Um, that kind of thing. Because to me, as I've said like in the previous stream of thought where we talked about rape very briefly, the, everyone's favorite subject, you can't half-ass this stuff you have to give it the proper treatment it deserves. And I think that if you do it properly, it can make for incredibly compelling and heart-wrenching you know, drama. Indeed, that's what we had earlier in the show. I think that what you said about wanting to have more reactions like you did when Ash got the gun, mm-hmm. like, I think if you wanted more of that, then this would have been a prime opportunity to properly develop that by actually having them talk about what's happened to him. I mean, this is a character who is on Golzi's side, but is clearly not of the same perspective, at least as I understand. So what's his perspective on what's happened to us? Does he find it distasteful? Does he not care? Is it irrelevant? Or is he on board with it? Can we get that perspective, maybe? This is the stuff I want. I want more things like that from this new character who, to me, otherwise just really comes across as, well, kryptonite, as I say. I want him not to be kryptonite. I want him to have something to do with Ash that isn't just strictly speaking about being better than him and offering what to me often reads like lip service to feeling for him. How about we have some genuine emotional engagement here? 
Or you could just get him three times anyway. Oh, fuck. <laughs> just, just saying. Just saying. Oh. Um. Well, do you have uh, any other talking points? Oh, we God, launched into a long discussion. Of course I don't. No, of course not. No, I, I'm done. I mean, I said what I wanted to say about the uh, the seat, you know, the direction of the scene with the gun, which was mm. fan-fucking-stick. Uh, the scene between Ag and Ash. I mean, I don't know if you could really make good. a whole show of it, but I do genuinely always enjoy the slice of life stuff this week. And to the show's credit, it also never feels out of place. I mean, if anything, it again forms part of that dichotomy. That, you know, if anything, think of it think of it this way, right? We have the opening scenes between them after the cred after the opening, which is, you know, of normality, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. It's breakfast. Get out of bed, you bedhead. Oh you right. reading the newspaper in the morning. It's <laughs> it's a bit sweet, perhaps, but it's certainly, you know, charming in its own right. Mm-hmm. And it's these two enjoying their each other's company on a regular morning. That's what we want for the characters. Exactly. It's ne- necessary. It. Yeah. <laughs> not only not only do I want to see more of it because I enjoy watching it, because also it would be, you know, I'm emotionally invested in seeing them succeed and have that forever, insofar as people, you know, live their lives. Mm-hmm. And then we have a contrast with the end of the episode, which is the, well, it's only a dream now. It's gone from reality to simply, what could have been? Because as far as Ash is concerned, at least as far as I think he's concerned, game over. That's it. Until he does a thing that you didn't know about, but he knew all along. He go, <laughs> Ash Links goes super safe. <laughs> yes. He channels Arthur. Who is now mysteriously no don't from, don't don't from beyond the grave well from beyond the grave he he understands Ash. oh <laughs> whoa Miro, there was a ro- oh fuck that's criminal like fuck everything I said about Blanca being an underwhelming you know introduction there that is actually a war crime okay for for people weapons. for people who are listening to this in podcast form and can't see the chat this episode cut Ash and Aji's ramen date says Mirror that- and uh. That just sounds bad. That sounds like a capital offense. Uh, that, that is shit what I would you, have tried at, at The Hague. What are you doing? That is war crime. I mean, give give the show to someone else at this point. What what the fuck? You Am I right? Fucks up. Fucks it. God. Fucks. Um, uh, anyway, no, I have nothing else to add, really. So, Doc, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Well, I'd like to talk about Yu Lung, actually. Because... Ooh. I always mean, sound about you. wow like i just love this character so much like everything about like every just about every minute he's on screen in this episode ruled um mm-hmm. you know his interactions with blanca like were really uh i don't know this is a classic uh powerful men talk classic gangster speak where you can just feel under a veneer of kind of polite discussion they have their dicks out and they're measuring and they're like you know testing each other (laughs) and it's great and then when that whole the whole scene can i just can i just interrupt and say when you said that Uh even the goal scene was one of those three men i just thought no he's like what what they're out <laughs> we're just being we're just being i was just being allegorical i didn't mean to i did, we didn't actually have goals you didn't settle down dino that. settle down <laughs> put, put uh, away that fucking ice cream cone right now 
Oh. Uh, but the, There's your mental light there, fuel there, folks. Enjoy! <laughs> God. The, uh, the warehouse scene, you know, where he... He's in control, Shadon. He's got Ash. You know, he's like, ha, ha. Well, well, well. Look who it is. Look what the Look cat what dragged the cat. in. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, he <laughs> like, beat to it. <laughs> I've got a pistol pointed at you, and I hold all the cards. You just meekly came in here. You know, Ash is all like, you can't do it, little girl. And you, it's like, ha. You're going to do it. And then Ash just does it. And like everything is turned on its head. And Yudlung is just like, it's like he's been in some kind of earthquake emotionally. He's like shook, just thrown across the room. Like, Mm. and how he's, it's just brilliantly acted, brilliantly drawn. Just like that confidence, like just shatters. And he's like, why? Like, and every all the pretension drops. Why the fuck are you doing this for a guy like him? Like age like what is so special about Eiji Okumura? Like you're Ash Lynx. You know, I recognize everything that you are. Like, why this person? And then, you know, it happens again when Ash agrees uh you know t- uh, agrees to to make all the sacrifices and meet all the demands like Yudlung wanted him to resist he wanted that pushback I think he kind of gets off on he went to play with him on this thing right I think fighting yeah yeah I think that Luke Young is like the mass manipulator he is he wanted to have that victory not to have killed Ash not to have you know physically wounded but more to have beaten him in a, a game of wits I suppose you know chess that kind of like and yeah he still for me remains the most interesting character by far because he is again i've said before the parallel to ash the dark side of him literally Mm -hmm. um similar ideas he can't however comprehend what ash has finally you know awoken to which is the idea of attachment attachment to another human being because like Ash, he simply had no one who ever gave a shit about him and indeed treated him as nothing more than a tool. Yeah. Um, but Ash is the right way of thinking, which is that he's open to the idea of attachment, if not intimacy, as the materials as seem willing to go into that. Um, but attachment, certainly, of, you know, being that close to someone, of, of bonds even, you know, there's your persona stuff right there. Uh, whereas Luke's like, no, 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 he can't comprehend it. It's like him trying to read a language he doesn't understand. You know, right, Blanca. All, Blanca has to yeah. cut it and say that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, also, a reason why I don't like Blanca now because he explains what we could otherwise figure out. Fuck you, Blanca. Fucking mm. Blanca. But yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, he's so all good the this of... episode, man. So he's good in every good. episode. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I agree. But I thought he's just especially. I just especially mm-hmm. just drank in the scenes in mm-hmm. which in which he's there doing his thing, and yeah, I mean, like he 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 wants that resistance because uh, yeah, I mean, this is like this is how I guess how the way he knows to relate to people is yes. well, that, to, he has, he has, to challenge them. <laughs> he has two ways he can relate to people, in my opinion. One is that it's always a question of 
what can you give me and what will I give you in return? Mm -hmm. A deal, you know, a trade. And it doesn't need to be anything physical. It can be, you know, fear, subservience, and so forth. Mm -hmm. And the other way it relates to people is through manipulation, deception, and control. Be that through Banana Fish, or be that through what he did with Sue Lake, where he was doing the Obi-Wan ship. But for him, the other way it relates to people, which isn't, you know, uh, how do I put this? Um, a no-strings-attached, you know, mutual friendship, like, you know, gen something genuine, something, you know, that's not based on either, well, this person is only talking to me because he wants something from me, or alternatively, I'm only talking to this person because I want something from them and I'm going to lie to them about it. As opposed to, we don't want anything from each other apart from just something, you know, pure, some, a friendship, you know. We're not trying to deceive or con or take anything or troll. It's just friendship, simple as that. And he, he can't understand that because he's never known it. His yeah, brothers have no, basically yeah. treated him like shit mm. his entire life. So yeah, no, he, he continues to be, as far as the villains are concerned, at least the most interesting one by far. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. we've got, you know, Golzine's a rapist, so immediately all ambiguity or saucy about him is irrelevant. We've got, you know, Fast Fingers Arthur, who was utterly fucking useless, and we've got Blanca, who's the eleventh hour. You know, well, someone's gonna put the brakes on this shit. The Renaissance man, who's also contract killer. <laughs> I'm so sad he doesn't have his own like you know jazz theme every time he walks in. <laughs> I drink I mean, wine. I read about... Hemingway, and I yeah. you know have a sniper rifle. All, all my complaints about him would be ignored if he just simply every time he walks in, there's just like that smooth like noir <laughs> jazz playing. There's just like KOF music. No, not even KOF. No, 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 no. Just literally smooth noir. Like, just you know, okay. Smooth, smooth noir like you know. Pulp, pulp jazz, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I could get, get behind get that. Get the sax, get the saxophone going. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, or, or, if, or if he spoke in that noir voice, like I said, like well. <laughs> if he was became the narrator, you know, no. for the episode, <laughs> like I wandered into the bar and I knew two things right away: one, that leg was blonde was dynamite; two, I was in for trouble or <laughs> some fucking shit. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly that shit right there. Uh yeah, like, uh, you, so I was going to say about Yudlung, I think, uh, so I know he knows that he doesn't know Ash as well as other people know him in terms of interpersonal relationship. Mm -hmm. Not that other people have those with Ash, but we'll just, just leave that there as a placeholder. I think he believes he understands, like, ontologically what Ash is and no one else does. Like he understands that like ash is this sort of this king this god like this higher being uh almost you know what i mean like no one else gets that like and i think what he said like there's two kinds of ways people should relate to ash like you know uh challenging him or worshiping him i feel like he said something to that effect uh mm -hmm. in an earlier episode and and i think he's seen the way ash reacts and i think he's very surprised at like at him giving up not just f i mean certainly for Aji, like for the sake of this human trash or whatever but like uh who's not equal to you he's just a human and you're you're the links you know you're up here like but also giving up like i think he just wants to see 
wants to see like a cornered rat. You know what I mean? Wants to see uh, like Ash in all his glory, like unfettered, cornered, and then just tearing everyone apart that's cornered him and just going all out and slaughtering and, you know, just being a a feral, like beautiful killer. Um, And him not getting that is a shock to his system. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I may be, I don't know. I I feel that I may be a little bit off, and I think he also wants to like, I don't know. There's a part of him that like wants some kind of attachment to him. I mean, he's clearly jealous of Aj. Um, mm-hmm. He's clear. No, he's clearly jealous. I'd say, not of Aj himself, but more that he doesn't have an Aj in his life. Oh, so you don't think that he he would want that kind of attachment to Ash? Because I could buy that. I think I think that the parallel here is that, like I said with Su Ling, he kind of wanted that. You know. He tried to emulate it, but couldn't understand how to do it. And in the, and I think that maybe now that he un, has got some more understanding of like what Ash thinks of Aj, I think maybe he wants not Aj himself, but more the concept of an Aj, that person who can be that you know pure, you know, not God, what does he say? Not suspect, you know, like he genuine. There you go, genuine, mm-hmm. authentic. Someone who is genuinely offensive to him in the way that Aj was Ash. Does he want? I feel like he hates that about Aj. <laughs> like well, he hates that maybe, he's ordinary. Maybe, you know. <laughs> I think he's denied. I think maybe he's slightly in denial. Okay, of that. I can. I can totally. I can. I can see that. Like I can buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the I, thing I is, maybe he can't understand it. Yeah, yeah. I could buy both. I could buy him. Him wanting Ash to care about him and being jealous in that very specific way or a more kind of vague way. Also, like you mentioned, like Mm -hmm. there's this thing, like, why do you care about it? It's not real. I'm going to fucking show you. It's not real. Like he's, he's nothing to you. Um, Yeah. I don't know if those two things are at odds though. I'm trying to work out in my head of, of Yutlung as the one who understands that Ash is the deity that is Ash links and then Yutlung is one who uh, despises the Ash Ag connection. I'm trying to think if those are contradictory to one another. Um, I'll have to think on it a, a bit. Yeah. Um, for me, I just think that he he understands it, and it seems like anathema to him, mm-hmm. even though he ultimately wants it. But because he can't feel he can have it or can't comprehend it, even though he wants it, at the same time he can ace it, it's like, you know, love-hate thing. I mean, do I want to bring out the T word here? Probably. The T word? Sundere. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you tropify our beloved Yutlung? It's not like I want exile you. It's not like it's not like (laughs) I want an AG in my life, (laughs) Baka. Ah. <laughs> Baka. Oh, that was easy. That was too easy that. Oh fuck. And I think I've peaked now for the night. Okay. Well, um I know it's probably getting late on your end, so uh we can we can draw the curtain to a close. Uh, let's rate the episode as well while we're ready. Let's do it. Okay. Uh do you wanna go first, Doc, or shall I? Yeah, I will. Um 
I didn't know what to think t when we met before the stream. I'm still working things out of my head. But as I've talked about it, um, the episode has risen in my estimation. Um, mm -hmm. Despite agreeing with you about the introduction, that the timeliness or lack thereof of the introduction of, of uh, not Arthur, Blanca, uh, mm -hmm. I... I it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, for me, degrade the episode as much um, as, as it might for you. So I think still in all, I'm going to give this episode a um, uh, 4.15, uh, you know, uh what uh 4.15 uh red scarves of affluence uh out of 5 fair enough uh for me although i thought that i still think that blanca is uh, well uh, i said blanca slice and i'll say no more than that and i didn't care for him uh, I am still of the opinion that all of the other stuff that we got with both the slice of life stuff with AG and Ash, and also the scenes in which uh, Ash was dealing with you long, like you know, with the gun, those were spectacular, oh. brilliant. Oh. All basically everything in this episode, so up until the point when Blanca was alone with Ash, I was really on board with. That unfortunately drops it down, but I am still ultimately going to give this episode. Uh, 3.5 Furby t-shirts out of 5. I should have done shrimps uh, mm -hmm. prawns, but I couldn't. Slow news days? <laughs> that's, that's also good. That's much better than that. I couldn't think of how to describe the scarf that Dino was wearing. And also, it looked like Blanca he had, had sort, sort of a matching shirt to Dino's he had, scarf. He had, a, he had like a Caribbean floral t-shirt on me, which I suppose... Was it? Okay. It. It's weird, because it was like... sort of like a, like a traditional Chinese collar on one shirt, was, and then he had like two coats over it. <laughs> like, one of them buttoned far too low. Um, I feel like it. there's a one shot where... So it looks like when you... At least when I normally button a coat, it's probably like around here. It felt like the button was like way down here. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> And he's just like all chest. <laughs> the button is way too low. I also noticed how fucking tall Blanca is. He must be like at least yeah, seven huge. foot. Can you imagine him trying to go through a door? Like he's just got to lean his head down a little bit. Man tries to Always. go for it. <laughs> Man can't go through either the drive through or the front door of a McDonald's. <laughs> too fucking tall. <laughs> Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Embies, thank you all very much for joining us on this fine evening to discuss episode 18, uh, Islands in the Stream. Uh, we will be back next week to discuss episode 19. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to find us on the good old internet and social media, you know, where nothing horrible ever happens, uh, ever on social media, uh, you can find us, or uh, you can find us at Warridesho. Uh, you can email us at warridesho at gmail.com. You can find me, if you're interested in speaking to me directly, you fools. Uh, you can find me at Shaden Tencent and also Shaden Tencent on Curious Cat. And over to the man across the uh, pond, Doc, where can they find you? At The Subtle Doctor on Twitter. Um, you can find also us on SoundCloud or YouTube. Uh, just search for Watery Death Show. You should be able to find it. Thank you to everybody in the chat, as always, for mm. being awesome. Uh, always a really fun discussion with you guys. Yeah. Uh, we so appreciate it. 
um you know, thanks to folks like uh, Panino, who, you know, emailed us a screed about why Macross is bad. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into reading it here because I just disagree fundamentally with basically all the points. But we appreciate him taking the time uh, to to send that to us. And uh, as I've mentioned before, folks like uh, Karice sending in uh, all kinds of bits and bobs about uh asian culture and how it relates to what happens in banana fish um much appreciated go follow karice's uh tumblr blog if you search twitter for at karice 87 there should be a link to her tumblr she's a translator and uh does good work quick shout by the way as well if you want some content from uh, people who are not uh, well, you know, as white as the driven snow and or cisset. You can also find uh, some really excellent content from anime feminists on Banana Fish. They've done uh, yep. talks with people who are LGBTQ plus uh, in Japan and what their reactions are. So rather than listening to me speculate on that, listen to people who actually would know about that, have a read of that. Uh, they've also talked about the racial uh, profiling and such uh, from the 80s that's present in the show. Mm. Um, so do check out their articles on Banana Fish. If I had any takeaway that I wanted to give you from this, apart from what I've said, well, firstly, don't take what we've said on its own. Seek out other material on the subject matter. Explore all the angles. There's obviously a lot of discussion about the show, and people have a lot of varied thoughts. We did have um, some feedbacks as recently of what it meant to a particular individual who I'm not naming because it's not my it's not my place to point out or reveal what they said, even if it is in the public domain or not. But I will say that I appreciate everyone passing that info to us. And Thank as you I always for stress, mentioning that yeah. because that person mm-hmm. knows who that they are, uh, and as you said, the comments out there. But don't want to signal boost it for um, it's not our place. Bad, you know, potential reasons. But it was very. Uh, I was touched by it, and uh, I yeah. very much appreciate that person listening and slash watching. Yeah. yeah. So just just for myself before I sign off, I will again just remind people, I'm. Always, I'm always happy to have people here, but don't let us be the end point of the discussion for this show or any other for that matter. Look up all the material you can, get varied opinions and perspectives on it. Um, but as always, again, thank you everyone so much for joining us as always. We'll see you next week for Banana Fish episode 19. We're in the home stretch. Oh, wait, uh, before we go. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Ah. I got to mention the polls that we did oh, boy. this week. So that we do. I'm going to refresh just to make sure they're all on screen. All right. There are two that you could vote on for uh, the next seven days. Was the opening of the warehouse scene between Ash and Yutlung the best banana fish scene in weeks? Choices are OMG, yes. Sure. And nah. So far, nah. OMG, yes is winning. 44% to 33 to 23 respectively. Uh, the 23% that say, nah, who are you? Uh, poll, do you like the Blanca character in Banana Fish as of this episode? 63% say yes. 37 say no. Uh, those are the polls from this week. Let me just take a quick, so uh, just to mention very quickly, while we were talking to the open polls from last time did close uh, are all existent humans horny for Ashlings ended in a 50-50 tie Uh, so basically 100% yep Mm -hmm. no matter what 
Like I said, everyone is uh, Ash sexual, as you pointed out. Uh, is the addition of PowerPoint the best addition to the Banana Fish anime adaptation? 88% saying yes. Uh, I believe that that was close to, if not the exact number, that it was at the start of the show. So those remained as they were. Now we're up to date on the polls. Get out and vote. Do your part. Change the <laughs> change the world. Go grab a coffee. It's been a long stream. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, ladies, thank you all so much. As always, embrace your for everyone. It's the end of the universe. We'll see you next week. Adios. Mwah.